Welcome to Grand Slam KBO, our weekly podcast on the Korean Baseball League. On this week's show, a follow-up on our Mel Rojas Jr. tribute from last week. SK Wyvern signed former Dodger Tyler White, Hall of Fame Week 6, and reviews plus previews on the week ahead. We're all on Twitter, at Grand Slam KBO, at Chimek Baseball, and at Grand Slam Hyder. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and on our site, GrandSamKBO.com. Thank you to Bradley Hyder. You can also find us on everywhere you find your podcast. So if you're not a big fan of YouTube, you can find us at all of those different sites. Hello, Bradley. How are you doing? I'm good. So just to let our, our viewers or our listeners know that Matthew will be along for part two of this show. So it's just myself and Bradley. If you're not interested in listening to what we have to say, you can turn off now. I hope people stay on though, Brad. I hope so, too. <laughs> How are you these days? Everything okay? Not too bad, thanks. Uh, I'm doing well. We, uh, we're into the start of the rainy season, but uh, that's okay. Mm. Good. We're all, yeah, we're also getting to the halfway point of the league, which I think it could be next week. And I always like that, that marker. And that'd probably be good for a show next week, then, just to have a look at how the teams are settling at this point of the season and make some wild uh, predictions, many of which will not come through. Absolutely, yeah. We can take a look and, and see uh, where we're sitting on the standings and where we think they are going to end up. Uh, possibly let some of the, uh, the, the new fans of the league know the, the playoff format and we can talk about uh, the postseason uh, settings and how that works. Cool, right? That's coming up on the show possibly next week. So it's the halfway point of the 2020 KBO season. We'll definitely mark that with some sort of a special show. But before we get on to that, it was a bizarre enough week here in Green Baseball because we had a couple of games that took place on Monday due to the rainouts last Sunday. So a few of the teams have had a really busy week playing from Monday straight through to Sunday. So this is our review of how the 10 teams in the Korean Baseball League got on in the last week or so. Um, Mr. Heider, shall I go first? Please do. Okay, so I'm going to start with the Doosan Bears, the evil Doosan Bears. As expected, the Bears won the midweek series against their biggest rivals, that's according to their fans, SK Wyverns and Jamshul, despite dropping game one. They continued their recent ascendancy over the Tigers, winning on Saturday and Sunday to take their season record to 7-2 and two over Guangzhou's finest. The nine shutout innings on Saturday would be especially pleasing as it came, as it came despite none of the star pitchers seeing any game time. The Heroes are 4-2 this week with two big wins against the top-seeded NC Dinos taking the series earlier in the week. The, pres- the Heroes are presently third-seeded just a hair behind the Doosan Bears. NC Dinos, a tough week for the Dinos who began with a three-game series in Gochak against their closest challengers in the table, Kiem Heroes. They took the lead in both Tuesday and Wednesday games but went on to lose both before saving face with a big win on Thursday. They hosted KT at the weekend and notched their first tie of the season on Friday. But back-to-back wins meant a good series win. The Kia Tigers started the middle of the month by being shut out by the Samsung Lions. On Saturday, the Tigers were shut out again by the Doosan Bears of Seoul. 
On the week, they were two and four, uh, scoring only 20 runs. That's right, only 20 runs by the Kia Tigers this week. Yeah, thanks very much for that, Bradley. You're welcome. LG Twins, with the midweek series versus Lotte tied up one game each, LG raced into a 10-4 lead on Thursday, aiming for a much-needed series win. They conceded 10 unanswered runs in the sixth for a heavy loss, which perfectly sums up their recent form. Thankfully for Seoul's original team, Hanwha Eagles proved the pick-me-up over the weekend that LG needed. A sweep. And how about this? The Latte Giants went 3-3 three and three this week, winning their first series against the LG Twins. During matches played on Thursday and Friday, a combined total of 50 runs. That's right, Andrew, 50 runs in total were scored by the Giants and their opponents combined. The Giants won their final match of the weekend series uh, in an attempt to avoid a three-game sweep by the Samsung Lions. Yeah, I don't think it's ever boring to be a Lotte Giants fan. Um, meanwhile, Samsung Lions. Samsung hosted Kia midweek, knowing a series win would firmly push them into the playoff contention. They won two games and could have swept the Tigers, except for a late implosion on Wednesday. On Friday, they scored 15 runs to beat Lotte and followed that up with a series win on Saturday. Unfortunately for the Samsung Lions, Lotte took Sunday's game. It's been another difficult week for the low-flying birds down in Dejan. The Hanwha Eagles managed just one win this week, and that occurred against the KT Wiz. They were unable to avoid being swept by the LG Twins today. We're going to have to see if new addition Brendan Barnes can help the Eagles turn things around in the coming weeks. He's just started playing with the team over the last two days. And the Kitty Wiz. The Wiz's good run of form continued midweek with a routine 2-1 series win over Hanwha Eagles in sunny Suwon with both foreign pitchers notching wins. KT battled to a credible 3-3 tie with NC Dinos on Friday before falling to the indomitable Ko Chang Mo on Saturday. They were well beaten on Saturday and Sunday to lose the series, two losses and one tie. Those Wyverns from Incheon went 3-3 three and three this week. They lost their first series one games to two against the Doosan Bears, and they managed to just win a rubber match game against the QM Heroes this afternoon. Yeah, it was a big win for the SK Wyverns. Their season looks pretty much done and dusted for now, but good win for them. So before we move on with the the rest of the show, this is very, very quickly what the table currently looks like in the Korean Baseball Championship. NC Dinos are out on top ahead of the Doosan Bears with a good series win against the Tigers. Kim Heroes, who host the Bears next midweek, are in third spot. Kia Tigers, LG Twins, Samsung Lions, KT Wiz, and Lotte Giants are in a fierce battle for the last two remaining playoff spots. SK Wyverns, despite that good series win against the Heroes, are still down in ninth spot with the Hanwha Eagles yet again propping up the table where they're likely to remain for the rest of the season. And that's how the KBO standings are looking at this point of the season. Bradley, before we talk about Melrose Jr. again, you got a letter, I think, during the week. Is that right? I did. Uh, a fan of ours who's been following the show for a couple of weeks reached out and contacted us uh, the, we, with a question. And I'd like this to be the genesis of a new 
feature on the podcast. We invite all of our fans from around the world to send us podcast questions about the league, about the game, about Korea, or they actually wanted to know about us, the podcasters. So getting on with it, this week's question comes from DeMichael Tunnels of Mississauga, Ontario. For those of you don't know who don't know where Mississauga is, it is a large city on Lake Ontario in between the two metropolises of Hamilton and Toronto. DeMichael asked, I noticed most series are three games, then they switch to a two-game series at the end of the year. Any reason for that? Well, uh, we did a little bit of research and it basically comes down to math. The season consists of 144 games. Each team plays each other team 16 times. So the reduction to a two-game series occurs for that reason. They play uh, four three-game series during the, the season, and then at the, towards the end, they reduce it to two two-game series to make the final 16 matches. And that is your answer. Again, thank you to DeMichael Tunnels of Mississauga, Ontario, for that question. Yeah, 16 games, 16 games against each team a season, 144-game season. It's not easy to divide that. Um, I think I think it worked out before. They'd have to play each other 18 or 20 times or something just to have continuous three-game series throughout the year. As a fan of the KBO and as a fan of baseball, Bradley, which um, type of series do you like, three-game series or two-game series? I don't really have a, a, a preference, really. Um doesn't really matter a three, two, three, or four. Uh, no, I'm, I'm indifferent. I, sh I should say what I really do like is I like a game that ends on a Sunday afternoon at about five o'clock. That's what I think is best because for those of you who don't know, Korea is not a very big country. And if you can get a game that starts on a Sunday at two o'clock, that makes it possible to see a game almost anywhere in the country and get back home but before it gets too late. So that's my only uh, preference when it comes to scheduling games. I think I prefer the three-game series. I'm not sure what, what our fan or the person who writing in there, the Michael Tunnels, was, um, what, what his preference is. I think I prefer a three-game series just because I don't think it's a real sweep if you win a two-game series. I think you have to win three games for a legitimate sweep. You, you make a good point there. It's always possible to split a two-game series where with a three-game series, there is always going to be a winner. Yeah, agree. Unless it's a tie. Unless it's a tie, which we've only seen a few of this year in the KBO. Great stuff. Thank you for that. And a big thank you to, to Michael Tunnels for sending us in his question. As Bradley was saying, please do the same throughout the year. We'd love to read out some of your questions and get back to you if we know the answer, if we happen to know the answer. And thanks for the, the quick geography lesson there as well, Bradley. Always. Now we're going to be back in part two. Matthew Kerr joins us and we're going to talk about some of the big news this week. Now, welcome along to part two of Grand Slam KBO, um, our weekly podcast on the Green Baseball League. I'm delighted to say that we're a three-man team again. Matthew Kerr has decided to join us. Hello, Matthew. Matthew Kerr just got home off of a uh, very busy day. So, sorry I missed the first part of the recording, lads, but I'm here, I'm with you, and uh, I'm full of tasty food. What did you have? Is, this, is that true? Um, nah, not this time. We ended up having Vietnamese today, so we had uh, rice noodles, and we had some really tasty like bread and fried shrimp it was really good i forget the name of it off the top of my head though 
Cool. Excellent. Um, you're always the man to talk to us about food, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, let's move on with the show then. Mel Rojas Jr., we talked about last week. I'd like to thank Mel for, I guess, participating somewhat in our, um, you know, sharing our information on Facebook there during the week as well. I saw his name crop up a lot after we had, uh, we tagged him in it. So Mel Rojas Jr., for anybody who's following this league for a long time, you guys all know that he's absolutely Amazing these days. Just a quick look at the guy's stats as well. Currently, because Danny Kurtz of Mike KBO put that amazing stat yesterday where he was leading the league in five out of the six, the main or basic stats for batters here in Korea. The only one he'd fallen out of was top on five, uh, on base percentage, top five. Kim Sang-soo was ahead of him yesterday, and that was only on um, alphabetical order, otherwise they had the same number. Looking at these mm. stats, which are right in front of you guys now, he's currently leading in three out of the five because Jose Fernandez killed the Kia Tigers during the weekend. But can you remember, apart from Eric Thames, can we think of another year where there was a foreign batter who was this outrageous in the league? Aside uh, from Thames, there was um, a time back in the day when Bautista was there, Jose Falote was there as well. Like Those guys... Not sure they were at this level of dominance, but they were feared throughout the entire league. That's for sure. Mm. Thames obviously springs to mind. He ended up batting like nearly 400 in his time here by the time he'd left. But yeah, like this is, especially given how deep we are into the season, this level of dominance from Rojas and then even from Fernandez at the same time, this has not been seen for many, many years. Yeah, I think yeah. it's cool to have two foreign batters right at the top of this list who are playing unbelievably well for a team. So you said Jose Fernandez and Melrose Jr. Their names appear near the top of every single um, major stat for a batter in Korean baseball at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's quite impressive as well, actually. Like, I'm not going to discount these two guys, but one player that's impressing me for sticking up there in quite a lot of them as well is uh, Lee Jong-hoo for Kyum. Like, this kid is hitting really well, and he's, like, cropping up on quite a few of these lists as well. So I'm excited to see what he does going forward. How, it, how, old, how old is uh, Lee Jong-hoo? Uh, Lee Jong-hoo right now, he's, oh, he's got to be, like, 21, 22-ish, I think. Okay, just a baby. Yeah, he's a youngin', so who knows? Maybe give him another five, six years, maybe he'll be doing this. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then like, the conversation with him will eventually move on to potential spots across the Pacific Ocean at some point. But I can't really see any other foreigner uh, getting to the same level as these two guys. Roberto Ramos had an unbelievable start to the season for the LG Twins until he got injured. But otherwise... Uh, these two are what would appear in the first half of the season well out in front of every other foreign batter in this league. Is that harsh or think that's okay? Not at all. Absolutely. The numbers uh, speak for themselves. Uh, Rojas, I don't, you know, he wasn't here in his first season and, and he's worked at it through uh, a lot of uh, hard work and determination and he's here. So it'll be interesting to see uh, some of the other young players uh, who. Uh, develop over time and see where they're at in a couple of years time so um have to keep our our eyes on that where do you reckon you'd feature uh bradley if you're on these, the list of home runs there mel rojas is 22 and uh, you think you could you could equal that me yeah 
No, no, not even with steroids. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, where did you like playing baseball? I mean, I've, I've barely played any baseball in my life. Did, have you played much baseball? I played a couple of years ago on an amateur team, and I was, in, how do we say it? I had infield power. So um, I barely <laughs> get it past the infield. So, uh, yeah, I was playing at first base. Every ball that got hit in my general direction would get past me. I am pretty sure that I was the cause of a lot of frustration for my teammates. But it was great fun. I loved being out there and just getting a swing and bat and miss the baseball a lot of times. Is it a beer league? Or is, are people Pretty taking it much. seriously? We, we were actually sponsored by uh, Rocky Mountain Tavern. Oh, so, no. yeah, like we were actually a beer league-sponsored team. So it was pretty fun. I played for the MyKBO softball team back in 2013 or 2014 down in Daegu. We took a, a weekend away in Daegu and we made the semifinals of that particular tournament despite only winning one game. And they had me as a catcher because in softball, obviously there's no stealing or anything. So I just had, basically had to stand there and catch any ball that the pitcher threw in my general direction. But it was a lot of fun. I, I love playing baseball. The very limited number of times I played it. But I reckon if I was still in action, I think I got a bit of pace. I, I fancy myself as a leadoff batter. What do, you, what do, you think that, what do you think I could do that? I don't know. I've never seen oh. you run. <laughs> I've, seen you, I've seen you try and do um, the hurdles over hedges, but that's about it. Carrying a bit of weight these days as well. All right. I think our glory days are behind us. Um, but... <laughs> Coming into this league now, we have a new foreign, a new foreign batter, which is it's always exciting to see how these guys get on. And this is um, SK Wyverns' former LA Dodger, Tyler White. Um, SK announced a replacement for pitcher Nick Kingham. In an unusual step, the club will offer two foreign field players and just one pitcher. KBO rules mean that all teams can have a maximum of three foreign players and one must be a pitcher and one must be a position player. Normally teams select two pitchers, but the SK Wyverns have added Tyler White to bat alongside fan favorite Jamie Romack. Bradley, you did a little bit of research on him. You like doing a bit of research on the new foreign players who come in. Can you tell us a bit more about him? Yes, well, the struggling SK Wyverns have uh, added some new talent to their roster this week by signing first baseman Tyler White. The 29-year-old North Carolinian spent four years in the majors, three with the Houston Astros, and the last year with the LA Dodgers. White has over 750 plate appearances in the MLB, where he managed 26 stingers and an average of 236. It's not certain exactly where he will be placed. He does have experience in other positions beyond first base, but uh, one thing is for certain is he will have to go a for undergo a 14-day quarantine which is a requirement of all people, uh, foreign-born or Korean citizens, when they enter South Korea. So they've got a couple of weeks to sort out where they will put him. So we'll have to look forward to see uh, what he can do and if he can assist the team in any sort of turnaround the second half of the season. Right. Thank you. So that's Tyler White. You said primarily first base, but has some experience elsewhere. Isn't that right? That's right. From the reading I've done, I, I know he's played some uh, shortstop and some outfield as well. But um, in, as far as I can see in the MLB, he was primarily a first baseman. 
Okay, so there's two interesting points coming out of this. Number one, I think we'll talk about a little bit later on, and that's the unusual situation where, far, where teams bring in two position players as opposed to two pitchers. Before we get on to that, first base seems like an unusual uh, position to hire Farner, given that Jamie Romack is at the team. Matthew, the Wyverns are, though, a club which is struggling with their infield, uh, midfield, especially shortstop. Um, there is a position available, I think, at right field as well. Where do you think we will see Tyler White play for the SK Wyverns? I don't know. Like These days, Jamie Romack isn't putting up the numbers that maybe the Wyverns want him to, so they'd like to give him a chance to just be able to maybe go to Futures for a week or so and work specifically on his hitting or take a spot in the DH where I'll have the chance to see a lot more of the pitches coming in. So it could be, at first, I think, a rotational thing between him and Romac, one of them taking the DH and one of them taking first base. But then after that, I think um, Tyler White could end up seeing a bit of right field play and then going from there. Really yeah. depends on the production of the guys. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure why they particularly signed this guy. I'm sure he's an excellent baseball player, but as we said, Jamie Romack is there. I know he hasn't had his best season for the club, but looking at their form over the weekend, Trey Hoon was playing a right field for them uh, today. He went over three. He's batting 280 for the season. Uh, Romek is batting 257. He's definitely not producing like he was before. I have no idea why. I don't know if he's carrying an injury or anything. And then Trey Jong, who's normally the biggest player that they have, or the most important player that they have at third base, is batting 284. I'd say he's he is undroppable. There's no way they're going to get rid of or drop yeah. Trey Jong out of their team for now. So I would have thought that a spot, as you said, in right field or maybe as the designated hitter, um, or potentially as a first base if they move Jamie Romack seems like um, the most likely position for him. Uh, he's a right. He's a he's a he's a right-handed batter. Is that right? Yes, he's a right-handed batter. And as we know, that baseball club or that baseball stadium, Moonhack, loves right-handed batters. So if this guy's mm -hmm. got a lot of power, he could um, he could do a huge amount of damage. Yeah, agreed. It'll be interesting to see if he um, adapts well to the style of pitching that the league has, but definitely in terms of what he's done for the Dodgers and their organization, like he's shown that he has the power if he's got his right pitches to just send it easily over the Munak fence anyway. Do you think the SK Wyverns is a Okay, this is probably a silly question. They won the championship in 2018. They, they probably should have got to the Korean series last year. You think that the, the Wyverns are still a, a really strong selling point for any foreign player to come to Korea? This is a club that you'd like to play for? Well, that's the thing. You have to think about the motivation for a lot of the players as they're coming in. Like Many of them are on the 40-man or the 60-man kind of roster area. So they're like high AAA or quad A kind of area for their teams and they want to push into the main roster. So if he's got a chance to come out here and basically showcase what he can do with guaranteed playing time, then that's a great opportunity for any foreign back coming in. So regardless of which team they go in, they're going to be against some fairly good quality pitching, especially with the increasing quality of foreign pitchers that have come in for teams in recent years. Like you see a lot of people are talking about Guchang Mo dominating the league with a really low ERA. But then you've got guys like Dan Straley for Lotte, who's got just above a two in ERA as well. 
And like, you've got a number of pitchers. Like Alicantra's having a great season for um, Dusan. Like you've got a lot of guys who are throwing three or sub three ERA at the moment. So that's a very high level of pitching that guys can basically come in, challenge, and then make a case to themselves or use it as kind of advertising for them for maybe pushing on to quad A or even onto the proper 25-man roster spot. Great. Tyler White, he's going to be joining the SK Wyverns two weeks after he finishes his quarantine. As Bradley was saying, the Wyverns are currently 21 wins and 44 losses for the 2020 season. It's not looking good for them. They are 14 games off fifth spot, which is the last playoff spot. But I guess for a guy like Taylor White, it's either putting yourself back in the shop window for a turn to Major League Baseball or getting a contract to stay in Korean baseball again for next season. Uh, Matthew, last word. Well, I do actually quite admire the Wyverns for going with this stance to go with two bats. Like we saw it back in uh, last season, Samsung did it for a little while with Ruffin Williamson. But the last team I remember doing this with great effect was Dan Black coming in to pair with the late Andy Mate for the KT Wiz back in 2015, where they actually had an upturn in form and ended up winning a lot more games with two foreign bats than without. Like the Wyverns are in a very similar situation. Like bringing in a new pitcher isn't going to fix the problem that's already extant there. So what they're going to do is, um, I just had a quick check here. I only got back to June, but from the start of June until now, they've ended up losing, I think it's uh, 10 or 11 of their games by a different by a run differential of two or less. So if you've got a guy suddenly who can hit for power, who can get it over the fences in Munak, or even just has the quality to be a good contact hitter, that could end up turning over the difference and making those losses into potentially wins by a narrow margin instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, all the best to him. There's been a few occasions in the past where we've seen two foreign um, field players with either no pitchers or one pitcher. A lot of them seem to revolve around the Lote Giants for whatever reason, but maybe we could return to this subject again in the future, maybe when um, Tyler White is just about to come out of quarantine and make his debut for the SK Wyvern. So thanks, Chance, for that. Um, let's move on to Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. This is uh, the part of the show that Matthew loves the best. But did Matthew win last week's edition? Well, let's have a look at the numbers, shall we? So, on the grand on the uh, my KBO page, we ended up having a rather large turnout, and uh, yeah, happy to say a majority of those votes came through for my nomination of KBO cats. So, the my KBO cats Twitter page, the number one source for all cat-related things in Korean baseball. Especially prevalent, given there seem to be a family of four cats now that have taken up residence underneath the Jamshil cheer stage. Have you seen those videos going out? Uh, I saw them when the, the, the Twitter page first went up, but yeah, then I just kind of lost interest in cats. Um, but you're saying there's four <laughs> of them now. There's four of them now. There's the mama cat and there's three kittens. And I'm sure that the male cat comes in every now and again. But, um, yeah, the cheerleaders feed him. They give him milk or treats or whatever else, and they just keep appearing in the little door next to the stage, come out, drink a bit, and then go back in and hide. They, they don't seem to be bothered by the noise of all the, um, the piped-in crowd noise or cheer songs as well. So it's looking pretty good for them. How many votes did you get? Um, 
off the top of my head, I got about 24 compared to Mokdong Stadium getting around about 18, I believe. Mm. Then on the Twitter votes, the Mokdong Stadium got two to one and one. So you'll be glad to know, Andrew Farrell, that you actually did get a vote for your Irish potato. I think that was was the only vote cast in your favor. But yes, so far it's a record turnout of voters for us. But uh, adding to all the stuff we've got in the Hall of Fame so far, we have the KBO Cats Twitter page. Okay, we can make a nice graph for this maybe when we get to the uh, the first 10. So I think at the moment, Matt's leading three to my two. Bradley, you're on a big fat donut still, but you can change that this week with? My addition. So I would like to nominate, and hear me out on this one, it may seem a little bit odd, the Seoul Metro subway system. This is an incredible system for anyone who's ever lived or visited or worked in Seoul. But for baseball fans, it's absolutely fantastic when you include the greater uh, area, the greater Seoul area. The subway system will safely and comfortably get you to three ballparks within meters and then get your real close and home safely. And there's a fourth ballpark down in Suwon that the subway will bring you real close to you just transfer to a subway sorry to a a bus and you can get there so that's my uh, nomination for anyone who travels to Seoul you will be blown away by the convenience and the low cost of their subway system great way to take to a game guys have you seen this song then? If you're going to nominate the Soul Subway System, have you seen this song by Michael Aronson called The Soul Subway? Oh, that's so old. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah whatever the one where they take the transfer station music and yeah. add that in yeah. as the chorus? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. song is so views. good. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It's very yeah, good. I, I love that song. It's just very old. Um, I'll go second because Matt is um, in the back of the, you can't see him because obviously this is audio only, but he seems to be looking up loads of pictures of food. I am going to go for (laughs) convenience store special called the four for 10. I think any viewers or listeners who are in South Korea will know exactly what I'm talking for and talking about. That's when you go into any major convenience store. It doesn't seem to matter what company it is. They all sell the same thing, which is four, 500 uh, cans, um, like four pint cans of beer from all around the world for just 10 bucks. Four cans of beer for 10 bucks. And these beers include a lot of the Japanese ones like Asahi and Sapporo, Jingtao in China, Tiger, European beers like Guinness, Hop House 13. Um, Singers are making an appearance there. And they're actually getting a few uh, Korean microbrews in there now, too. Yeah, that's right. The Gangsaw one is in there and a Gangnam beer, too. So, uh, four beers in any major convenience store. And these exist all over the country for just 10,000 won, 10 US dollars. Four beers for $10. And I believe that all of us partake in this special deal on a regular (laughs) basis. Well, for me, oh, yes. for me, it's been a while. Uh, the four can, uh, the four tall boys for $10. I haven't uh, partaken in that offer. in the, When was the last time, Andrew? Yesterday? 
<laughs> so in about 24 hours, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> what is your, uh, quickly, before we waste any more time on the, the four for 10, because this really should win, but anyway, we'll see. Um, what, can you guys name straight off, what's the first beer you take out of the fridge and you go for the four for 10? What's the first one you go for? Despy. What's that, Matthew? Despy, as I like to call it, Desperados. It's a tequila-flavored kind of just beer, basically. It's not even a lager. It's just a straight-up beer. Mm. But it's got a little bit of a uh, nice little tequila flavor to it. It's and a party um, it, in a can. Very much so. It surprised me quite a lot when I actually realized that it wasn't Mexican, though. Mm. Uh, for me, uh, this time of year in the heat, it's got to be Apple Fox, which in my opinion right. is the greatest cider on the market. Not too sweet, not too dry. Apple Fox. That's what I'm going for through the baseball season. I'm more of a summer's big guy myself. They're both excellent. They're both really, really good. I just go for Jingtao because it just seems like the most obvious yellowish lager out there. I, I think it's mm. really nice. like a step above Korean beer, but it's not... It's not, um, it's not anything too special, but I always like drinking Jingtao's. I will, uh, that's the first one I go for every single time. Matthew, what is your choice for Hall of Fame? Well, um, I'll just add a tiny bit onto yours and say that um, while people are talking about, oh, four for 10 can't possibly be related to baseball, you can actually get those into the stadium. So uh, for those of you who aren't aware, you can go to Jamshill with your four for 10 in a bag. And if you've got a party of four people, you just show them it at the front gate when they're doing your ticket stub. They'll give you a plastic cup to empty it out into because all they were worried about was the metal container being thrown onto the field or used as a projectile. So you can actually take outside beer into the stadium by using those plastic cups. That's where the relevance comes in for this. And uh, I rather love it. Great. Cool. Number three. So my, my nomination, sorry for that uh, little uh, tangent there, is a little book. For those of you who aren't familiar with Asian baseball, Japanese baseball, Korean baseball, this is an absolute must read. It's by Robert Whiting and it's called You Gotta Have Wa. And it's basically about um, the history of foreign players playing in Japanese baseball, about how the game has culturally changed over the years and how there's this uh, permanent sense of team harmony that goes through everything that happens inside of the game over in Japan. Now, while it's a Japanese baseball book, a lot of the philosophy inside this book can be transferred over and applied to Korean baseball because of the heavy influence from colonial Japan from the more recent days where, up until like the World Championships, where Ichiro famously said, was it Ichiro? I think it was Ichiro famously said that Korean baseball would never compare. And that basically lit a fire into Korean baseball and made them rediscover it and make their own way. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff that you have here can be transferred over and applied to the Korean game. Cool. Great Very book. Tremendous. Well Great worth book. a read. Yeah. If I can cut in, uh, I, I agree. It is a fantastic book. It was one of the two books I read last year. Uh, so good was it, I made it my father's Christmas present. So uh, great book, nice. absolutely fantastic uh, writing, uh, great to read. You'll learn a lot about baseball, you'll learn about some Japanese history. It's got everything you want. Sorry, can I just cut in there? Did you say it was one of the two baseball books you read last year or one of the two books you read last year? <laughs> I think you know exactly <laughs> what I said. 
Uh, it's one of the two uh, one of the two books I read last year, and it was a great choice. What was the other book? It's an Irving Welsh book called The Blade Artist. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be your nomination for Hall of Fame next week. A Welsh book. Scottish Scottish literature for one hundred, Alex. <laughs> the the uh, other I, one I've been reading was um, called Angry White Pajamas. That was a fantastic book. It's basically about a guy who takes the um, Yoshinkan Aikido training course, like which is the riot police training course for Aikido, and just gives up his life to go into um, advanced training for martial arts. It's really fun. What's it called again? Something the White Pajamas. Angry White Pajamas. Angry White Pajamas. All right. Okay. I think it's. I like. Oh. Oh. This it is. The Blade Artist by Kevin Welch. Oh, what's Irvine up? Welch. Ah, sorry, Kevin Welch. Okay. Irvine Welch. Okay. Irvine. Interesting. Scotsman. Uh, I only have one baseball book beside my computer here, and it's Moneyball. Oh. Okay. Joe Buck. Interesting. And there's a reason why I keep it here, because he signed it for me. Mm. Aww. <laughs> I read about, I'd say I read about a third of it, and then I, I just stopped, to be honest. I think Joe Book is an interesting enough character. I, I, like the, I like the sound of his voice. I know a lot of North Americans don't agree with me because I think they're used to hearing him. But from a European point of view, his style of announcing, I think, is favorable that's what i'll say about joe book not everybody will agree with me but i do actually quite like the guy as an announcer as an announcer well joe buck he seemed he, he makes me think of nickelback because a, a lot of people love to publicly hate joe buck but i think he actually has a lot of fans and followers as well people who don't want to admit to their appreciation of joe buck's work and i'd like his job who wouldn't but I don't know enough about it. So there we go. Guys, thanks very much. Uh, get voting. Matthew always shares the Hall of Fame details on his Twitter account, at Chimek Baseball. Find all of that there and let the whole world know that the 4 for 10 needs to go into the Hall of Fame for this week. So before we wrap up, it's uh, another... We're getting towards the halfway point of the baseball season here, which is obviously pretty interesting. We can definitely delve more into that. And next week's show, it seems like a perfect time to discuss how mm. the teams are doing. So let's have a quick look at some of the main series that are coming up this weekend. Um, which series in particular uh, appeals to you gentlemen the most? Do one of you guys want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm rather excited, as always, for the weekend series that you get between uh, LG and Doosan. Like, Doosan are going to be the home team this time, and LG, they've not got the right end of it so far this season. But traditionally, Doosan have always done better in the second half than the first half. And that's because of the mid-season break that usually happens for the All-Star and the Olympics, and that's just not happening this year. So in terms of how they work now, when Doosan don't have that time off to adjust their game and adjust their style of play compared to what their opposition teams have been doing, it could be a good chance for LG to get some wins on the board against him. Um, just to cut across you there, so far this season, nine games played, LG have two wins and Doosan have seven. Every time they play each other, this seems like a guaranteed win for the Doosan Bears. I don't know about you guys, I, I love this series the first time it happened this season. 
but the regularity with which they play each other and the regularity with which the Dusan Bears keep winning this series has kind of turned me off it a little bit. Yeah, maybe. What do you think, Ida? Well, uh, I certainly acknowledge the excitement of uh, any Doosan LG matchup, but I'll be looking forward to the Doosan QM Heroes. The reason why? Well, I don't like any of these teams, but you cannot deny the excitement of uh, game played between the second and third seeded teams. They are currently separated by what looks to be a single win. So uh, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on both of these teams, on Doosan to maintain second place and on Kiwum to take uh, the second place position back. So that's my choice as a midweek series goes. Yeah, I went for that one as well. It is an obvious pick, but two of the league's favorites meet again in Gochak. The heroes currently do sign two games to one in their head-to-head so far this season. All the games have taken place in Gochak, and they will be again. So that's um, that's it for our... Um, oh, sorry, that's, that's gonna be, it's going to be Jamshul. Yeah, that's right, Jamshul. That's going to be pretty cool to see how the heroes um, get on in, in Jamshul. Dusan are going to have all of their... Um, they're going to have like they're going to be background to the start of their their pitching rotation as well. It's going to be an absolutely huge series. Okay, that's it for us for this week, um, guys. Thank you again. Thank you very much for having us. Have yeah. a great yeah. Have a great week, all, and we'll talk to you next week, which should be the halfway point of the 2020 KBO season. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later, guys. Ciao. Is it Tuesday yet? Yeah. <laughs>